0: Okay. You're listening to Irish Radio candidate at Home and Abroad, and we've spoken previously about the great strong connection that exists between County Wicklow and the Ottawa Valley, this whole area. And there has been, prior to COVID, there was great to and and fro, and that's the only way to describe it, to and and fro, come, they go here and we go there, as Christy Moore would say, Uh, well... This year, the and Famine Summer School takes place the first weekend of September and there's a book due to be launched and it is shoeboxes. And that is from Irish roots to Canadian branches. And... Kevin Lee and Tom Jenkins have uh, pulled it together and Kevin and Eleanor are here with me. We've chatted with Kevin and Eleanor Lee previously and I'm delighted they're going to hear talking again about the summer school and the launch of the book. And we will be chatting with Jim Kelly who was one of the contributors to the book a little bit later in the programme. Eleanor and Kevin, tough all Oh,
1: thanks very thank much you. Austin, thank you. Blessings
0: from Ireland to your listeners. Graemeh Um So, they... Um, Summer school, first of all, a big event. I know you have lots, uh, a very full agenda. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you want to give me a bit of an overview on what's happening?
1: So it's a four-day summer school. It kicks off on Thursday evening, the 1st of September, and it runs right through till Sunday, the 4th of September. And on the opening night, our guest of honour is Mr. Tom Jenkins. Uh, we have our uh, uh, cheese and wine whiskey reception. We have a book launch. We have traditional Irish food for all our international visitors. And it promises to be a lovely, lovely opening night. And then on Friday morning, we have a bus outing to... Avondale, we have a new um Beyond the Trees experience for tourists, and we get back to the house in Collaton for four o'clock for our first lecture, followed by dinner again, and um, our second lecture is Dr. Kevin Whelan. Um, so it's a busy, busy, busy Friday, and then Saturday morning we have Dr. Ida Millen and Dr. Mark McGowan from the University of Toronto. Yeah. And then we head on a bus tour and lunch around Tinhealish Shalala and Carnew and we finish up in Poole's Restaurant in Carnew for a Victorian banquet. Very and, nice. Yeah, Very nice. and our final day then is 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 Sunday, uh busy busy. So we start with uh Professor Kevin Lee himself, uh followed by uh picnic Lunch, followed by her Excellency Miss Nancy Smith. Um, she will uh, join us on the day um, to plant a tree and to participate in the reenactment uh, pageant. And uh, that's uh, Kilrush Drama Group, a local gra- drama group, and we have 70 to 80 actors in that. And uh, then we round it off with a barbecue and some traditional Irish music in the stable yard marquee. So busy, busy,
0: busy, Austin. Indeed. Now there was a hope. First of all. Uh, Who's Tom Jenkins? So, you, you, you guys know who he is, but we don't know who he is. Yeah,
1: he's a, Tom is a friend of ours. He, yeah. he is a descendant of a Collaton immigrant himself. Um, uh, his people were from uh near the Dying Cow. Okay. Hub. And uh, Tom uh, runs a tech corporation. He employs seven thousand people in America and Canada, and he. Is uh, a wonderful guy, and he is with us uh, quite uh, quite often, and we're delighted to see himself and his family uh, coming. And he he uh, is the chairperson of the World Wide Web, and wears lots of different hats. A great right, guy.
0: Right. Now you mentioned another um, interesting thing there: the Avondale Forest Park. And the reason I bring, I bring that, come back to that as well, is a friend of mine who used to be with Galway 2020, Bridget Brew, and notice has just joined the staff at Ooh, the, at yeah. the Av- Avondale. And she did a posting in the last few days. It's popped up. So I had actually seen this, and there's a picture up there on Instagram. Um, right. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about the Avondale.
2: Um, I mean, Avondale, as uh, some of your listeners might know, is the uh, home of uh, Charles Stuart Parnell, uh, co-founder of the Irish Land League in the late 19th century, and a, an advocate for uh, uh, the reform of the land system in Ireland. Uh, uh, very unusual insofar as he came from a, a landed background himself, a Protestant ascendancy background, and uh, he linked up with the uh, uh, Michael Davitt, a native australia in County Meal. Davitt was the complete opposite. He had uh, left as a, an Irish emigrant and you know, lost, an, lost his right arm in a Lancashire cotton mill. But the two of them founded the Land League. At one, at one stage Parnell was described as the uncrowned King of Ireland. He had, uh, he had the people in his hand. He had the nation in his hand. Uh, he, uh, he made a, more or less a stock at the House of Commons with his filibuster techniques they, they often spoke for two hold, held up business for up to twenty four hours by just speaking continuously there was no guillotine at that time he he got up and uh, if he just wanted to have a stalling tactic he would speak and speak and speak and speak and, speak and just hold up the proceedings but uh, uh later uh, the house in Avondale was donated to the state became a our national forestry college. And now it has been uh, developed, uh, 19 million euro has been spent on developing this uh, treetop walk on the, uh, at Avondale House, It's basically it's a, it's a walk through the top of the trees, It's a, a magnificent uh, venture. I think there's only, how many of them have? Uh, this Four, is the 12th,
1: 12th one in 12th the world. There's one in, mm-hmm. British,
2: um, there's one in British Columbia in Canada, and there, there's 12 of them worldwide, but it's a beautiful It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience, and... Uh, uh, wonderful restaurant there, and it's uh, it's, uh, it's proving very, very, very popular indeed. Yeah, was a say wonderful 360-degree wonderful panoramic view of all of the beautiful County Wickdough from, from the treetops.
0: And it's yeah. wonderful, the rat drum on the map.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, indeed. So, shoeboxes.
2: Uh, shoeboxes has been developed through maybe 30, 40 years, with people coming to our door, mainly through the parish priest in Carniou, looking at searching out their... Uh, their their roots and finding out where their ancestors left from. So the book, the background to it is the development of Colatin Estate and why the famine, why people had to emigrate, why 6,000 people had to emigrate, assisted by Earl Fitzwilliam from the estate. Now we have 52 families uh, documented in the book, 52 families who are descendants of families who left here during the famine years. Uh, We start off by telling where the family came from in County Whitlow, uh, the circumstances which led to them seeking aid to em- emigrate to Quebec and into Ontario, where they went to, to Ontario, how they found uh, Canada, and how they progressed in Canada, and thirdly, how they found their way home to County Whitlow, uh, how they... Relocated with the county and with their Irish roots and with their Irish cousins with uh, the descendants of their families who stayed behind. It's, uh, it's quite a novel adventure because most people that left Ireland during the famine years were, they were anonymous leaving and they were anonymous when they got to Canada. Find it very difficult to find and all they where they came, the left Ireland and they all somewhere in 32 counties was their home, but uh, not enough records. Uh, to locate that, What could is different. The records were excellent.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: every family was documented and uh, uh, the estate was mapped. We know where every family mm-hmm. lived on the estate so we can bring the people uh, back right to the home where they left
0: in County Wicklow. It's amazing what's coming up in some of this area. I did an interview recently with um, Montreal where the skeletons of 14 people mm-hmm. were uncovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the level of detail that was involved for seven adults and four, four teens, I think, and three children. And one of the things that he said to me was that they were able to establish that one of the te- teenagers must have been born with one leg shorter than the other because there was evidence that they had spent their life in a crutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing yeah. stuff. But they hadn't, weren't they lab that did all this didn't do DNA, and they were sending the bones on for DNA in the hope of doing a, this very type of yeah. thing that you've been able to do. Uh, I
2: mean, even, even able to identify what famine, disease that they died from, or mm-hmm. the state of health that they were in, or from their dental state of their dental condition,
0: or whatever else. Like mm-hmm. They were able to paint a very accurate picture of uh, uh, why those people died. Indeed, and the other, yeah, he mentioned that uh, in one situation, or at least one, they were able to establish there was Indian grain in the teeth. Yeah, yeah. wow, well, yeah, fascinating, good, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, Peel's brimstone. But one of the things I put to him, and, and it was, I said, I hope to God that this process has been videographed, because, yeah. and and he, he confirmed that it is, so that there's ultimately a decent documentary yeah yes. to come out of it yes, yes. yeah yeah so uh, guys, how many how's the registration I presume your are of so the rafters really?
1: yeah there's a, the interest is huge um we're using um uh, House, um, the and the the new owners of collatten House have welcomed us with open arms to have this 175th um, anniversary of of, um, Cullatin emigrants in the house. So our lectures are in the the pillar drawing room and uh, the library, and the capacity is 120. So um, we expect, well, on one of the nights we're full already, but we expect to have a full house on each of the four nights.
0: Now, you mentioned the new owners. I'm out of touch. Uh, I've been in the house and I I remember uh, the two rooms. Yeah, um, I, remember, I remember walking through the house. that you asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell me about when when did the uh, when so did the ownership change.
1: Okay, so the the new owners are um, a consortium of maybe seven businessmen. Um, um, They bought the house about a year and a half ago, and they've done wonderful work. They've stabilized the house. They've fixed the roof. They've done a lot of water drainage uh, construction and reconstruction, and it's very beautiful. And they're uh, furnishing, uh, bit by bit, they're furnishing each of the rooms and they're developing the courtyard and it's the it's the stable yard courtyard that we are putting up a marquee in for our international summer school. So the house is looking beautiful, they're doing a lot of work on it. They don't necessarily know their long-term plan uh, themselves, it, it won't be a boutique hotel, for example. Okay. So they're a great bunch of guys. We're lucky and blessed to know them, and we're very thankful to them for letting us use their beautiful period residence. Um, we'll be sitting in the parlour, of Earl Fitzwilliams parlour, and uh, all, all of our international visitors are di- direct descendants of Everbends, so it'll be, be a very emotional experience for them.
0: Indeed, and as you say, Kevin, I, I remember that day very vividly, and to see um, the condition that it was in then, I'm looking forward at some stage in the future to see the yeah, restoration yeah. work because yeah. some of these houses, beautiful pieces of architecture that have fallen into disrepair. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it's in good hands now. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we talked as well, uh, Kevin, uh, you were out there um, under the fox. Um, how has well, that been?
2: Yeah, yeah, did, <laughs> a mighty, mighty success. Uh, the liars' bench and under the fox for two uh, two little books that were produced during the lockdown. lockdown period of the unfortunate two years that we all lived through in, during during COVID. Uh, uh, we uh, put out a little story about our history and our heritage and the uh, lore of Southwick Law every day for I think during the first lockdown it was 99 consecutive days. Right. Every eight, six o'clock we published. Uh, uh something on Facebook. And in a small rural community, in the village of Carnew, we ended up with four thousand Facebook followers in yes. in Northern Jig time. The beauty of it was well, we got an awful lot of interaction with a lot of older people and their younger grandsons and grandchildren linking with their par parents and their grandparents and discussing uh the history of the area with them and uh it was a wonderful interaction that brought together the older generation with the younger generation. Uh through, above all things, Facebook, Who uh, would ever think it, but uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Could never have happened without COVID, and that, uh, uh, it's a legacy to leave, I suppose. A lot of the old stories and uh, stories about the characters of the area were recorded and written down that wouldn't have happened other if we didn't, didn't have COVID and didn't have a lockdown to think about these things and to uh, consider these things and to uh, remember the people that have made an impression on the town and on society o- over the years. But uh, yeah, uh, delighted to have left a bit of a legacy maybe for a future generation and maybe a good way of remembering what came out of COVID. well yeah.
1: and the other side, the other thing this was um, it was a bit of a lifeline for a lot of uh, people that were isolated and lonely in their own homes mm-hmm. during a very 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 frightening time for everybody. And Yes, a book came out of it, but I'd like to think also that we we connected uh, with with some some very beautiful but very lonesome people during that time.
0: Mhm, mhm. Going back to the um, summer school, the Victorian banquet. What's on the menu?
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> everything from from woodcock to quail's eggs and everything in between. It's yeah. it's a recreation of the menus that were quite typical of of the big house back in the day. Yeah, we're well,
2: lucky enough to find, we found it in uh, British Columbia, a, a lady who had the original recipe book from Colatin House from 1870s, 1880s. Uh, she left and went to Canada because... Uh, she fell in love with a Catholic gentleman, which was a kind of, had the buoyancy of a lead balloon at the time, particularly working a working Latin house, so the two of them headed off for Canada. She had a wonderful name of Naomi Nightingale, a wonderful name for a cook, but hmm. she brought with her her recipe book, and uh, I have a copy of that now, a digital copy of it, and that's a wonderful reading, just to read how to... How the, How the lord, lord of the manor lived, and uh, not only that, it has the recipes in it for the downstairs people as well. The yeah. Not, not. And the nurse. Too. Not not identical to what they were getting upstairs. Oh, I, I wouldn't think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah. reading.
2: Very interesting reading, I and mean, wonderful to get that document back after all those years. Yeah.
0: It would also be very interesting, of course, because then you would be seeing what ingredients were readily available <laughs> in the locality and all the rest of it. That's yeah. right, yeah. that's
2: yeah. right. It's you know, one of the delicacies was, uh, was the, the, the humble rabbit. You probably know yourself, many, many Irish homes and families were reared on rabbits growing up. The people snaring rabbits or catching rabbits, lamping rabbits at night time. It was uh, the only meat that a lot of poor families got back during World War Two years in the 40s and 50s in Ireland. But in the 1800s in Colatin House, rabbits were a delicacy, which probably uh, explains why it was such a grave offence to appear in court for snaring rabbits on his lordship's lands. That was a a big no-no, and you could uh, receive a fairly hefty fine for for snaring
0: rabbits on the land of his lordship. That would be as bad as catching salmon, I'm sure. It would be in the
2: same league, yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So while Jim is coming from Jim Kelly is coming from this neck of the woods here in the Ottawa area, is the majority of the Canadian contingent coming from the area as well up the Ottawa Valley uh, where you guys
2: they're, they're, they're coming from all over. We have some from the US who come to us, and we have. A lot of people moved back out way west out uh, the, later on when good lands became available in the 1860s and 1870s. Uh, they moved out to out to British Columbia and uh, a lot of them did very well for themselves in in, in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. So they didn't all. Uh, I think I think the, the Ottawa Valley and uh, in Ontario was only kind of a staging post. Uh, people had left this area here in County Wicklow during the late 1820s, early 1830s, to work on the building of the Rideau Canal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of them gave their lives there. They died from uh, uh, mosquito bites or whatever uh, on, on, on the working of that canal. But they, had those people set up a staging post for the people who followed on during the famine years of the 1840s. They stopped off. They had a friendly face to greet them and to provide accommodation for, for a while before the or they moved west or moved down across the U.S. border uh, and a veil of land being made available under the Homesteading Acts in the United States so that many of them have moved and many of them are found as far south of California and a lot in Minnesota, a lot of all that went down to New Brunswick migrated across the U.S. border into the state of Maine. So they really, really scattered themselves all over the place when they, when, when they got there.
0: So uh, as we said, you're looking at Thursday to Sunday, and that is, uh, and then the launch of the book. So if anybody is not there and they want to get their hands on the book, how are you distributing? Main, main, at the moment, uh, hopefully in time we have a distributor
2: in Canada. That is, hopefully it'll be very popular in Canada. But at the moment, uh, they can after the event we can purchase it on our on our website, collatincanadianconnection.com. Just be careful with spelling it out two O's, two L's, two T's in Latin C-O-O-L-L-A-T-T-I-N Canadian connection, all the one
0: word. And all. I have a question relative to payment and the reason I'm asking is there was a book published um, by a guy here dealing with a grave, uh, 1847 Ottoway 1847 and Elizabeth prier and all the help and a friend of mine over in Ireland said can you get a copy and mm-hmm. uh she was going to send him a check, <laughs> and I know if you get a check here that's in euros and you go into the bank with it, it will cost you more to deposit it than the check yeah. might be worth. I know. I know. So, for yeah, forms of payment that uh, somebody yeah. can make? Uh PayPal. PayPal, excellent. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, again, we're 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 trying to pursue having it distributed in Canada because, uh, and uh, going back to your story there. Uh, my co-author, uh, Tom Jenkins, purchased a book in uh, a place called Grey County, the farm lanes of Bentink. Uh, I think the book cost 20 euros, and it cost about 60 Canadian dollars to send it yeah. to FedEx Yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Uh, it didn't arrive here for uh, four months, wherever it went, I don't know, wherever, wherever, the post is so slow, I don't know, but... Uh, uh, People uh, going into famine from New Ross to Quebec it took about forty-two days. <laughs> we had a book like, four months to get from Canada. But, yeah, probably, that was, I six was, times the value of the book. So uh, it was obvious.
0: A, it was obviously a saga. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's what, that's why we say we 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 have a good friend we have a good friend in uh, in Canada who runs a printing works and maybe we might be able to find some way of printing and distributing in, in Canada. That would be fantastic. Hopefully, my co author Tom Jenkins will come up with a solution to that one.
0: Brilliant. So, again, let's give the coordinates. That the website is uh, and spell it out for us there. And it's uh, just it'll be double L and double T. So it is. So um,
1: it's uh, collatincanadianconnection.com.
0: And again, on Facebook, if you look up the collatin famine um, and the collatin Canada. Collatin Canadian it'll all probably bring you into the one spot yeah. Yeah. and
1: into yeah. Kevin Lee's own Facebook page yeah, you'll
0: yeah, find yeah, lots yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed yeah. Kevin Eleanor it's been fantastic reconnecting with you guys you're looking well it's thank wonderful, you it's wonderful thank meeting you. up
2: with you again Austin and please God, next time you're around you'll come down to Collatin for a visit oh, hof-
0: oh, hopefully we'll be back at, when we're in that little
2: paint over in where you stayed before is still
0: there and waiting yeah. for you oh is return. it ok we well, weren't sure if that would have survived <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks a million guys okay. thanks for having thanks. us thanks, th- thanks. Awesome. Thank thank thanks you. for everything thank you